Happy New Year to all of our favorite listeners. We're entering 2021 with more market volatility as a result of combating market forces around the world. U.S. milk production is expected to be incredibly strong over the next six months, but the government has swung in once again to offset any bearish tones, given that they have extended the Farmers to Families food box program. Since these government purchases are disrupting markets once again, let's turn to Lucas Feast to fill us in on everything we need to know. Hey, Lucas. Fun to be back chatting with you after last week's break. Can you give us a recap of your analysis on this fifth round? Yeah, thanks, Alyssa. Happy New Year. It was a surprise announcement from USDA on Monday evening, just a few days ago, that they would be putting $1.5 billion aside for a fifth round of this program This, of course, is what drove incredible volatility last year, and we expected that volatility to persist into this week after the announcement. And sure enough, we saw limit moves on cheese in class three, I think two days so far this week, and we're up several cents from where we started the beginning of the week. I think that it's safe to assume that as much as one third of this funding could be spent to procure dairy products if we consider these combination boxes have meat, fruits, vegetables, and dairy. And ultimately, that means a gallon of milk in as many as 40 million boxes, a pound or two of natural cheese, and then probably other products like sour cream or cottage cheese that are a little cheaper than the natural cheese that has typically been used. But A key takeaway here is a lot more bullishness from this announcement than we were maybe anticipating into the beginning of this year. It will combat some of the very strong milk production gains that you mentioned. We're anticipating probably 3% or more year-over-year growth over the next few months. So a program like this that will spend $500 million to procure dairy products certainly absorbs some of that growth. I do think, though, that the situation is a little bit different than the initial rounds of the program that we saw throughout the course of the final three quarters of 2020. I think other than the milk production that I mentioned, food service demand is still weak, and we expect that to be a week over the next few months. If we think of New York and Chicago and big Northern cities where indoor dining is not possible right now, that really limits opportunities for people to eat out. And then finally, I think the, I mentioned sour cream and cottage cheese and some of those lower cost products. There have been a lot of lessons learned in the rounds that we've seen so far. And I think that vendors kind of know what they're doing and they're set up for the program and we won't see as intensive a run on cheese prices like we might have anticipated and certainly not going to see $3 in our future, but what a start to the year, that's for sure. Yeah, and we had another busy week outside of that. Other data that came out this week was the November U.S. trade volumes, November dairy product production figures, and we had a supportive global dairy trade event. Yeah, from the domestic side of things, two big reports, but a little bit overshadowed, I have to say, by that food box announcement. On Wednesday, we got the November dairy products and dry product stocks analysis. It showed us a few things. I think a key takeaway on cheese is what we saw in October continued into November. Lower mozzarella output as pizza sales are a little mixed, but milk really pushed into the cheddar vats as a response to higher cheddar prices if we think back to October and early November when we were back 
up close to the 150 level. On the non-fat side of things, I think the data itself from the dairy products report was certainly bearish. We had stronger production and stocks increased in the month. But when we consider that this data is from back in November, it's a little bit stale. And then from just considering the global things that are going on right now, when we look at New Zealand and Europe and the kind of the sense of demand around the world, I don't think that this bearish data is going to necessarily pull non-fat prices lower by any means. From the export point of view, an interesting report, uh, bearish again on non-fat. It was decline versus prior year, even though our year-to-date skim milk powder and non-fat dry milk exports are at a record. Looking forward, if we try to form a 2021 narrative, Mexico stepping back into the market will be positive here. A bit concerned, though, on the cheese side, these strong prices that we saw throughout the past several months will really limit cheese exports to come. We saw the first of that data in November when cheese exports were down almost 16% and don't expect any strength there in the near term. Finally, to wrap it up, positive sign from China they continue to purchase dry whey, uh, whey protein concentrates, basically anything that they can get their hands on as they rebuild inventories and as the hog herd recovers there. Interesting data, as I mentioned, but as we look forward, it's all about the food box and its impact on cheese prices in the days and weeks to come. And then moving to the Southern Hemisphere, that GDT event was well above where we thought it would be. And we even leaned slightly bullish heading into that event. I think, you know, there's a couple things to take away specifically. First and foremost, China continues to reflect solid demand, particularly from New Zealand as their dairy consumption rates continue to rise. And that has been paired with this inflationary concern regarding food prices on a global scale. And as the market knows, building food inventories is a great hedge against high inflation. Thank you so much, Lucas, for all of your insights. I know everyone must have missed them last week as much as I did. And thank you all for welcoming us back with open arms. We look forward to next week's forecast and bringing another Dairy Market Intel conversation to our listeners. Cheers. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors.